how's it going? Welcome to the podcast. I am bringing you another message uh, from something I'm going to preach soon. I've not preached it yet as of this point. Again, the goal is not to actually preach it like I'm going to preach it on the stage, but I just want to walk through uh, my thoughts and my notes. To be honest with you, sometimes I can't help but sort of go into preacher mode. That's okay. I hope you get something from this, whether it, it encourages you or gives you an idea, or even if you disagree with it and it inspires you to go and figure out something for yourself, that's fine. I just hope it is beneficial to you. I enjoy doing this. It sort of helps me collect and organize, organize my thoughts. We are talking about witnessing something, witnessing life, witnessing an event. To witness something is to see something, it's to experience something. You have a firsthand account of a thing, which is very important in the court of law. Uh, if you're writing papers, especially in college, what you want are primary sources, which are almost uh, firsthand accounts, uh, you, something close to the event that actually happened. We've all had those moments in our lives where we were like, dude, you are not going to believe what I just experienced, what I just saw. A couple of weeks ago on this podcast and uh, at church, I preached a sermon on the impact of screens and how when you see things on screens, it will have an impact on your life. And what if what we are experiencing is not on a screen, but it's experiencing and seeing God in action, God working and moving, watching and seeing and witnessing people living out faithful lives to God and watching God be faithful to them in return. Because I bet if we get to see that, then we would understand and, and know something about God that we didn't know before and that we would grow and be better from it. If you would open up your eyes and ears to what God is saying and what God is doing around you, then the chances are you would witness amazing things because God is working and He is moving and He has been moving since existence. So whether it's scripture or whether it's your grandmother or grandfather, chances are you have heard at some point of God doing something spectacular and I just want to be witness to that, and I want to believe it in faith, and I want it to strengthen me. Our focus verse is Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. And, you know, scholarship is not 100% sure who wrote this, and that's okay. That doesn't bother me if it doesn't bother you. But I do very much enjoy Hebrews, and so uh, let's listen to this and, and read along if you want to. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of God today. So the writer of, of Hebrews, before we get to our verse he has just finished talking about a lot of really faithful people in the Bible, people that trusted in God in very difficult circumstances, people that, that we see God did very awesome things in their lives. And he talks about Noah, and he talks about Abraham and Sarah, and how Abraham and Sarah were, were very old. They should have been thinking about their grave, but instead God made them a father and mother to a nation. And he talked about Moses and how his parents were faithful, and how Moses was faithful even though uh, it was going to cause him some pain and discomfort to leave behind Egyptian royalty to be connected with the people of his birth. But God continually came through for these people and more mentioned in, in Hebrews. 
And then he starts this new paragraph with this wonderful sentence, this wonderful phrase, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. There are all of these people. There are, there are like a lot of people who have experienced the power of God. They've experienced the love of God. They, they've seen how faithful God is uh, in spectacular ways, really. And guess what? We know who they are. We've heard the stories. We have the scripture. Our grandparents made sure to tell us we have people around us who, who have witnessed God doing what only God can do. And basically what the author is saying is that there are people in the Bible. God did great things in their life, and we know who they are. We're witness to it. We can see it. They are witnesses, and we believe in what they say. So what does that mean? Witness. Witness. Uh, it was a couple of years back when LeBron and Nike got together for their witness campaign. And obviously, for Nike and LeBron, what they wanted you to do was to buy more of their shoes. Uh, they didn't, I guess, maybe on some level, they really wanted to inspire you with, with this witness thing. But really, they wanted you to buy shoes. Yet sometimes, and you can't help but, but feel this way, when you do witness something great, when you do witness uh, something amazing, it does change you. It does inspire you. When you witness greatness, it, it, you can't help but want a little bit of that greatness for yourself. When you're watching LeBron James, who I understand whines and complains a lot on the court, still probably the second greatest basketball player ever, when you witness what he's doing, you can't help but appreciate it and want a little bit of that greatness for yourself. And so when we take note of what God has done in the Bible, when we take note of what God has done in other people's lives, in our families, in, in our friends, we become witnesses to that, and we see, and therefore we change. When you witness something, when you see something, there's a chance that it will impact you. And not just change like we talked about with screens and social media, but a change that makes us braver, that makes us stronger, that makes us more willing and able to do what God has called us to do in the first place, which I think is an incredibly spectacular thing. And so when we witness others go through that process of faithfulness and power with God, we can be encouraged that, that we can do it too. I've got a wonderful uh, a lady that I know from church. I call her Miss Ann. And Miss Ann has been through a whole lot in her life, but yet she's remained faithful and God has been faithful to her. I'm witness to that. I've got a friend that, uh, that I dearly love from Cleveland, Tennessee. I met him at Lee, and he went through a lot in his life with his parents, um, whether it be drugs or abandonment. He went through a lot, but yet I've witnessed his attitude towards God, and I've witnessed God be faithful to him over and over and over again, and that should encourage me. When we witness God do great things, let it encourage you. Or you can look at what God has done and you can ignore it and you can miss it. It's your choice. Hopefully, though, if you have seen the proof that God is who He says He is because you've witnessed it in your own life and you've witnessed it in other people's lives, you've seen it with your own eyes, then maybe we need to respond to what we see. And there's always a response to something. There's always cause and effect. If this happens, then something will happen. When God moves, you will respond to it one way or another. And sometimes you ignoring God is your response, but it's a very poor response. Now, the author of Hebrews, he wants us to respond a certain way to what we see and to what we hear from the witnesses. 
Once we see what God has done and what he is doing, we need to, what's it say? Lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely to us. What's weighing you down in life? For, and this is not in my notes necessarily, I'm still playing with this. And for students, you know, there are things that that weigh people down. I remember in my own life, there have been stresses, little heartbreaks, strife, and, and other th- stupid things that I think about now, but they weighed me down whenever I was a child, whenever I was a teenager. Um, for students, you know, maybe things aren't going great at home and their parents are constantly in conflict. That's weight for them. It can be pretty intense sometimes, and that can weigh them down. Uh, we all know people who, who their parents, uh, they were past the point of arguing and fighting, and, and so they were left with the weight of having to have, have to navigate between spending time with two people who love them the most through divorce. And uh, hey, listen, there, there are some people out there, uh, as they were children, as they were teenagers, they didn't even have parents at all. So that's weight. That's weight. And it, it, weight prevents you from being effective. Weight prevents you from moving the way that you were designed to move. And I simply know that, that in any room, in any audience, you're going to run into s- some stuff. You're going to run into some weight. What if the weight is comparison? Well, I don't look like them. Well, uh, I'm not gifted like them. I don't have that talent. I don't have that money. Uh, I'm not skinny. I'm not pretty. I'm not in shape. I'm not as athletic. My hair doesn't work like their hair works. My clothes don't compare to their clothes. My car doesn't compare to their car. Uh, Whatever. We go on and on with comparisons, and we add weight to our lives based on how we see ourselves and how we see others. The reality is we put weight on our shoulders that God never intended us to have. And and so it's time for us to take off the weight. Take off the weight. God says that he's the father to the fatherless. And maybe it's a little naive to suggest that just knowing that can help you take off the weight, but I believe it can. Scripture says that he's the prince of peace. And so if you're going through anxiety, take off the weight, give it to God and let him bring you the the peace that, that he is, that that he embodies. Uh, take off the weight uh, of comparison. You are formed in the image of God. You are beautifully and wonderfully made, and not because you were designed to look like someone else. You weren't designed to compare yourself to someone else, but you are beautifully and wonderfully made because God made you who you are. Take the comparison weight off your shoulders. David was the youngest out of a family, and he was ignored and looked over, but he was king. Daniel, from the lion's den. Hopefully you know who he is. He was constantly being compared to other people and not compared to other people in a standard that was familiar to him, but he was he was faced with comparison uh, that was foreign to who he was and foreign to who his friends were. But God always seemed to elevate him when others derided him for not being like they thought he should be. So witness that God over and over and over again in Scripture has taken the weights of people and, and he's taken the things that people carry and he's turned them into strength. Take off the weight. The point of working out is not so that you can take the weight outside the gym and carry it around better. The point of working out is so that when you, the weights are off, you are stronger than you were before. Give the weight to Jesus and realize how much stronger you are than you were before when you decide to put down the weights and give them to Jesus and walk out the door free the way that God designed you to be. Paul says, and maybe you know, you've heard 
this scripture before. I'm just going to paraphrase it. But basically, Paul says, I do things I know I'm not supposed to do. I don't do things I know I am supposed to do. Sometimes sin just hangs around, right? Sin just sticks to you. Sin weighs you down. Your shame and your guilt and the habits that you develop tend to break you down. And you have attitudes that you don't know why you have them. And they make you have uh, a back talk and you smart off. You have anger issues that keep cropping up. And you say stupid things that you don't mean to say. But when we witness what God can do in others, uh, maybe it's time to believe that if God can do it in them, that He can do it in me. And listen, even as someone who has been a Christian for a long time, I have sinned. I have made mistakes, but God has set me free. My wife, who I think is the person closest to being perfect in this world, she has dealt with stuff and even sin, but now she is set free. And it's not about being perfect, but it's all about uh, having faith that Jesus, His grace is more than enough for you. That His grace, just like it was good enough for me, is good enough for you. Take the weight off of your shoulders. Take the weight of sin off your shoulders by putting on grace and giving Jesus your sin and your shame. Stop dragging around your past and give it to Jesus. Take off the weight. Why do we have to take off the weight? Because we're running a long race. And your race is different than mine, and I'm not talking about the color of your skin. Your race is different than even your children's race. But to do well, we've got to get rid of the stuff that's making us tired and that's slowing us down. Let us run with endurance the race set before us. When you're running a long distance, or even when you're running sprints, you don't want anything extra slowing you down. You want the right shoes that are light and springy and provide proper support. You want the right clothes that don't restrict and that are light. You want to be in shape, and so you need to work out, and you need to train, and you need to be at the right weight for what you're doing. You don't want to waste your motion when you're running, and so you got to make sure your form is good, and that takes work. It takes coaching. It takes seeing others. Witnessing others run their race will help you run your race. Just recently, the guy broke the record for the fastest marathon, even though it's not technically official but I watched like some of the highlights from his training and from everything. It was incredibly impressive that he ran that many miles in, in, in such a short amount of time. And watching him inspires you. And if you watch him, you can learn technique for how you can run. We already brought up a lot of people from the Bible that ran the race the right way. But obviously, there was someone who ran the race perfect, right? We know what his name is. His name is Jesus you want to know how to run your race the right way? Let's start with Jesus. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. If that doesn't make sense to you, maybe just think of him as the prime minister, president, Congress, judicial branch, all wrapped up into one. That's who Jesus was. And that's what he was to the entire existence, the entire universe. And he decided to leave perfection, to come to earth, to be born as a lowly baby in a humble manger. He didn't come as a fully formed man to be living in a mansion, in a castle, or, or, or any sort of palace. He wasn't born to a rich family, but to a normal family. And he didn't even grow up in a town that people liked that, or that was special. Uh, does anything good come from Nazareth? You know, that's where he grew up, and that's what people asked of Nazareth. And looking to Jesus, the scripture says, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus showed up running, not to be a king with an army 
that would conquer. Not to rule like a CEO or a boss to be obeyed, but Jesus came to rule in service and in humility. And he wasn't running a race to get power, but he was running a race to give power. He wouldn't get a reward for his race and for finishing his race, but he was going to give a reward for finishing his race. And he wasn't a king that was going to have a bunch of followers that would form a powerful army that would conquer the the world with war, but he was a king with a few flawed followers that would go to war, and their primary weapon was their own deaths. Jesus showed up running the race, not enjoying the fact that even though he was exactly what the Jewish people had been praying for, that when he showed up, they rejected him anyways. He showed up running, understanding that there was pain waiting for him. He showed up running and knowing that it wasn't going to be pleasant feeling all the shame and sin and guilt that he did for things that he never did himself. So the next time you sin, the next time you feel guilt or shame about something you've done, something you've said, something you've thought, just understand and know that Jesus felt that without going through the act itself. And he took that on his shoulders and he took it for you. And so he ran the the race of pain with endurance, knowing that things weren't going to be great, and he did it for you, and he did it for you, and did it you, 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 everyone. He did it for me and everyone in existence. Everyone that's watching this, everyone that will ever hear this, he did it for you. And that's what I want to be witness to. Uh, that's what I want to see for my life. That's what I want to change me. Someone who loved me so much, they came to a place knowing that it was not going to be pleasant, that it would be full of trouble and rejection just to rescue me and show me the way out, to show me how to run the race the right way. And since we have seen this, since we have witnessed this, since we know that Jesus did this for us, since we know that there are others who have believed the same way and they've ran the race the right way, why don't we start running like we were meant to run in the first place? Why don't we put down the weight? Why don't we stop letting sin keep us from running the way that we were designed to run and start following Jesus' example? We need to keep running. We we need to not stop. And if you're young, you're going to make mistakes. If you're old, you're going to make mistakes. But don't stop. Some of you maybe have only just started this race. Some of you are deep into this race. But whatever you face, you need to understand and know that they are people who have done it before. And if God can do it in them and for them and through them, he can do it for you. That is it for this week. I hope you enjoyed this. The lighting has been fantastically weird, but I am uh, grateful for this. Share if you want to subscribe and review. I'll see you next time.